The reading today is taken from Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Thank you very much, Sue, for that Bible reading. Um, my name is Eddie, and I am one of the pastors here, and I'm actually a little bit late because I was chasing the children. It's chaos out there, and that's such a great fitting start to my sermon because I want to talk to you about chaos. <laughs> Who of you were stuck in that traffic jam? Was it 37 kilometers from Joburg? Where was it? Kate? Where was that traffic jam? Where's Kate? She left us. I think it was there from Harry Smith onwards for 37 kilometers. Imagine that chaos. Anyway, life is a little bit like that. Um, I left my house, and I think I left it clean, but when I came back, it was like a bomb exploded in my house, and it was all dirty, and it seems like chaos is everywhere. Um, we even have sayings for chaos, don't we? It's like a blue Monday, or uh, the year starts with a bang. And um, I must admit... Uh, when those things happen, I really get a little bit anxious. I uh, even sometimes get a little bit of despair in my heart. Um, but thank goodness for Psalm 93, because Psalm 93 is a great antidote to that. Uh, Psalm 93 starts off with a bang, and it tells us that chaos doesn't reign, the Lord reigns. So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to see how the Lord reigns. So let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much this morning for your word. Um, thank you that it speaks so clearly into our real world, our real experience um, of a world that seems to be in chaos. Help us today to hear what you're telling us. Help us to see what you're telling us today, Lord, and help us to trust you. And I pray this in your name. Amen. By the way, if you have a baby or a cell phone, both of them are welcome. One has to be off. A baby who can't switch off if the baby cries. There's a cry room around the corner there. Um, um, you can sit with the other babies who are crying. That, that's our off button. But if you have a cell phone, uh, please switch it off. All right. Um, it is easy to say that the Lord reigns when um, life is easy, isn't it? Uh, when life smooth sailing we all will say, yes, the Lord reigns, and we all go, amen. Um, but it's when life is tough, uh, when the weight of the world feels like it's on your shoulders, and when your plans, none of them succeed, you come home, your house is like a bomb. That's really when you really think to yourself, the Lord is not reigning. And the older I get, the more often uh, you have that experience um, when life is tough. Uh, and then you attempted to solve your problems your own way. And uh, let me tell you, those things never work. But Psalm 93, 
where we're going to look at today is a wonderful antidote to that because Psalm 93 tells us to look up and to see the Lord on his throne and to see that he reigns. So we're going to start by looking up. We're going to start by looking up and seeing the Lord on his throne. So if you have your Bibles open with you, mine is on page 498 in those black Bibles. But if you have your Bible or your app open, we're going to read there from verse 1. Just have a, have a look at Psalm 93 verse 1. It says this, The Lord reigns and he is robed in majesty. It's a, it's a bold, it's a straightforward, emphatic statement. The Lord reigns and he's, and he's robed in majesty. Now, the Lord there is all capital letters. If you know the Old Testament, when the Bible, all capital letters, that is the covenant name for Israel's God, for Yahweh. It says, Yahweh reigns. That's the God that has been working in Israel's history from creation all the way through their history, Egypt, saving them, taking them into the promised land, making all those promises to them. The Lord Yahweh, he reigns as opposed to anyone else, as opposed to especially in Psalm 93, chaos, because Psalm 93 tells us about chaos. Well, you notice also there that he's robed in majesty. At this very moment, think about it. The Lord is robed in majesty. He's sitting on his throne. That's the idea is of a king sitting on his throne with all his majesty and all his power and all his rule. Now, I find that hard to imagine because we don't know kings, and the kings we know are really bad. But anyway, the book of Revelation gives us a beautiful picture of the Lord on his throne. If you read there, you remember at the end there, the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven, beautifully dressed as a bride, you know, streets of gold and silver and all that glitters. But then, in the middle of this new Jerusalem, there's one sitting on a throne that is so glorious and so majestic that it outshines them all. Actually, it says in the new Jerusalem there's going to be no sun, you know, the thing that's in the sky that gives us light. Because the one on the throne shines so brightly in his majesty that we don't need a throne. Ach, we don't need a sun. Yeah, we need a throne, but you don't need a sun. There we go. Verse 1, this is emphatic, emphatic statement, says to us, The Lord reigns and he is robed in majesty. The king at this very moment is at the helm of this world we live in. That's what Psalm 93 tells us. Boldly, straightforward. Because you and I would know that it feels like chaos reigns, isn't it? There's a blue Monday. Your plans never turn out the way they are. And so the question is, how do we know that? How do we know that the Lord reigns? Well, let's read a little bit further then in in verse 1. Verse 1 says, The Lord reigns, he's robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, he has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established and shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. So the first thing we notice there from the psalm is that the Lord, part of his robe is this belt of strength, which means part of his majesty is his power. That's what that verse says. The Lord is majestic because he has this power, the strength. What does he do with this power, or how powerful is he? 
Well, the verse tells us, number one, he establishes the earth, and number two, he establishes his throne. So part of the Lord's majesty that's, that's shining so brightly that one day we will see in heaven is his power to create and his power to rule. Now, it's one thing to know that the Lord is powerful or all-powerful. It's quite another to see what he does with that power. So look at what the verse says he does with that power. In verse 1, he says he creates this world with his foundations that can never be moved. This foundations of the earth, he establishes his world and it shall never be moved. Now, think about this. Think about this foundations of the earth that can never be moved. There's more clever people than I, and, and, and they would say that the earth moves around the sun in like a, not a circle, but a sphere or whatever that thing's called. And it says that if the world moves 1% of the distance closer to the sun, we'll fry to death. And if it moves 1% further away from the sun, we'll freeze to death. The Lord in all his power establishes that foundation and it will never be moved. Another thing that happens with the earth, it spins around its own axis. And those guys tell us that if the earth stops spinning around its axis for even a millisecond, pigs would fly, and so would mountains, and so would you and I, and we'd crash into one another, and that would be it. That's a joke, by the way. You guys, <laughs> Christmas was rough. So, <laughs> the Lord in all its power uses that power to create this world, this rock we call earth, and he makes it livable. It makes literally possible for us to live here. But that's not all. Verse 2 tells us he establishes his throne or his rule. That means he sets the boundaries of life so that we can thrive. Verse 2 tells us it's from everlasting, uh, from of old, meaning it's from the beginning, and it's to everlasting. So his rule is all the time. There's no time when he never rules. So literally he creates this chunk of rock and then he writes his law literally into the foundation of this world, into our hearts, the boundaries. This is how you live in this world and this is how you are safe. That's what God's law is. This is the boundaries and this is where you're safe inside. He literally writes it in the foundations of the earth so that we can thrive, so that we can live. The book of Romans tells us that God's law is never changing. It's unchanging. Now, we as humans ignore it, or we deliberately rebel against it, but the Lord's law is there, the boundaries are set, and within those boundaries, he made it so that we can thrive. Think about, think about it. Think about this idea of a soccer game with no rules. Is that a soccer game? I don't know what you'd call that. My goals are the hole back, and yours are a pole. Yeah, how can that? You imagine if, a, if sports games have no rules. The Lord puts his boundaries in place so that we can thrive. We as human beings, we don't like that. And if you leave us to ourselves, it's, it's, it's reasonable chaos. I don't know if you've read the book Lord of the Flies. I've never read it, but I've told it's just chaos. But I've seen this series 100. And in there, the, the, the kind of the first episode, the guy says, we're going to do whatever we want, whenever we want it. 
And it's like, I don't know, five, six, seven series of just chaos. It is whatever happens, it's just chaos. The whole series is chaos. We human beings do not do well when you leave us to ourselves. The Bible even tells us that. If you think about the book of Judges, probably one of the lowest times in Israel's history, there's this saying that echoes through the whole book of Judges. And it says this, At that time, Israel had no king. And everyone did what was good in his own eyes. Now, if you read the book of Judges, it is hectic what those guys get up to. But Psalm 93 says no. There is a king on his throne. The Lord is on his throne and he reigns and he is majestic. And with his power, he made this world. He rules this world. And it was from the beginning and it will be till the end. The Lord reigns, and with all his power, he uses it for our good. So that we can live on this earth, and so we can thrive on this earth. So what does the Lord use his power for? His all power? He, Psalm 93 says he uses it for our good. Now, I don't know about you, but that is a great comfort. Knowing that, that the Lord of all power uses that power for your and my good. There, there is a saying that when you're under pressure, you can't see the wood from the trees. And if your problem is, let's say, your hand, what happens is your problem follows you wherever you go. You look at people through your problem. You look at your life through your problem. But Psalm 93 says, yes, you have a problem. But let's just put it in its place, in its perspective. Let's just look up and see who's really in control. Who's really reigning with all majesty and with all power for your good. That is the best news ever. I don't know about you, but knowing that is wonderful comfort, especially in the storms. So that's, I think, the first point that Psalm 93 wants to make. The Psalm 93 tells us emphatically that the Lord right now reigns and is robed in majesty. But the right question to ask is, what do we do then with that chaos? You know, the reality is we live after Genesis chapter 3, where the devil is huffing and puffing, and he wants to blow this kingdom over. Have a look there in verse 3. Read with me there from verse 3. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lifted up their roaring. Now, in the Old Testament, floods, water, sea, those kind of things are synonymous, synonymous, that's the English word, with chaos, or the forces of chaos. And the forces of chaos want to destroy this good creation. That's what the devil has been trying since Adam and Eve. See how verse 3, the power builds. So it starts with the flood lifting up, then the flood lifts up its voice, and then the flood lifts up its roaring. The idea here is of building, of power, building power. And it's no coincidence that it's the sea that is used as a visual illustration. Because if you've seen the sea, the one minute it's as flat as a pancake, you turn it around and you smile for the camera, and the next moment the wave smacks you and you're head first in the sand, isn't it? It builds. You know, first softly, and then the waves get these massive waves. And the biggest waves I've seen 
his Cape Town, when they smash that pier, you know the pier where the lighthouse on? And it's as if the Lord is washing the roof of the lighthouse. It's just, and then it's washing, and then the water comes down. That's the biggest waves I've seen, and I'm told that's not even the biggest waves there are. If you go into the open ocean, they get huge. The idea here when the sea and the power of the sea and the illustration it uses is to bring out this idea that it's powerful. It's more powerful than you and I can manage. These forces of evil, a.k.a. world, the flesh, the devil, our three big enemies, is outside of our control. And the tools it uses is it tempts us, which leads to sin. Think about the idea of sin in the sea, how it's so, it's so the same. You know, the sea is flat. Sin, sin is like, it looks so enticing. It's, it's like the flat sea. It's like, come on, come swim. Just dive in. Dive into this sin. Try this, the temptation to, to sin. So inviting, so, so nice, so manageable. And then you turn your head, you turn your back to the sea, and same with sin, it builds. It's temptation, it builds. Um, and then it hits you like a tsunami. James chapter 1, the book of James, um, talks about the building of sin like this. The, let me read it for you. James chapter 1 verse 14 says, Each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desires. Then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. So James tells us these forces of chaos, they build temptation because my desires lead to me sinning, and then at the end of that, there's only death. And so the point from Psalm 93 verse 3 is that this sin, you can't outrun it. You can't manage it. You can't control it. Death awaits us all because of our sin. That death is the final judgment. The force of chaos is so powerful that no man can stand against his fury. That's what verse 3 says. And that's why the psalmist says, Oh Lord! But that's not the end of the story. We have verse 4. This good world that the Lord made with his majesty and his power for us to live in and to thrive in, we broke it because of sin. And so chaos came into this world. And if that's all that there is, this chaos of this world, there's only despair and death awaiting us. But the psalmist says, no, oh Lord, look at this. Look at these waves. Look at this chaos. And then verse 4, he answers his own cry. Look what he says there. Mightier than the thunders of the many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. There's again, it's this building. The many waves, the waves of the sea, and then the Lord on high. There's a building. The one most powerful is on his throne, on high. The Lord in all his majesty and all his power, is mightier than the thunders of the waves and the roarings of the sea because he is the Lord on high. That is a picture of the Lord sitting on the throne where he has defeated all enemies under his feet. The Almighty One is on the throne. Read with me again that verses there. Here the psalmist verse 3 cries out, O Lord, 
The floods have lifted. The floods have lifted their voice. They're roaring. Lord, where? And then he answers. You are mightier because you are Lord on high. You are mightier than thunders of the many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. You, Lord, you reign. You are majestic, all-powerful, and you are on high. This majestic Lord on his throne made this world. He rules this world. And now he's defeated all enemies, especially our sin. And he's sitting on high, ruling. He's reigned and he's robed in power. Sin broke this world. But sin doesn't knock him off his throne. The forces of chaos are huffing and puffing, but they cannot blow him off his throne because the Lord reigns. He alone is robed in majesty. That, that's the good news of Psalm 93. The Lord on high made this world with his word, by his word, Genesis tells us, isn't it? And the Bible tells us he rules by his word. And then Kate read for us from John's gospel, that word became flesh. Jesus is that word. He gave us a glimpse of how he defeats the winds and the waves just by speaking. He's the mighty one. He's the one who defeats the forces of chaos. He's the one who came to save us from our sins at the cross. That is the good news of Psalm 93. It says, look up. The Lord Jesus reigns. Yes, the enemy is huffing and puffing. Yes, he wants to blow this house down, but he can't. Because the Lord Jesus on high died and rose again and is seated at the right hand of God, mightier than, only, mightier than any of those forces of case. He alone reigns. And that is the end of the story. That's what Psalm 93 tells us. That's it. The Lord Jesus reigns and no one else. He alone is robed in majesty. So, what do, you, what do we do with this chaos? Because it's around us all the time. The storms of the world, we cannot escape it. And at the same time, Jesus reigns. So what do we do? Verse 5 says, you trust and obey. Have a look at verse 5. Verse 5 reads like this. Your, your decrees are trustworthy. Holiness befits your house. O Lord, forevermore. Your decrees are trustworthy. That phrase tells us that the Lord's word, what he says, can be trusted. It's very trustworthy. What the Lord spoke to those men of old in the Bible, they all came to pass. What the Lord Jesus spoke fully and finally came to pass. The promises that he will come back will come to pass. The Lord's decrees, what God's word tells us, this Bible tells us, is true and will come to pass. So when we're in the storms, what do we do? We trust what God tells us. That's what we do. Very hard, not easy, but that's the call. Trust God's word. Because in the storm, the Bible tells us where we are safe, where the boundaries are. Think about work. Think about home. 
Think about play. Those are the three big areas of human beings. The Lord tells us where we are safe in all of life. This game, this sport, this game of life, he tells us this is inside the boundaries. This is where you can live and where you can thrive. That's God's law. That's God's word. So what does it look like to trust the Lord? Well, it's the very next line. The very next line says, holiness befits your house. In this kingdom, what does it look like to trust the Lord? It's to be holy. What does it mean to be holy? It literally means to respond or to obey what he says. These trustworthy uh, decrees, holiness is obeying them, listening to them, doing what they say. When you play a sport, let's say you play soccer, you obey the rules. That's how you show that you want to play this game. If you want to play rugby, then you pick up the ball and you tackle the guys, but that's not going to work in a soccer game. If you want to play soccer, you play by the rules. If you want to play another sport, you play by those rules. So what do we do with this emphatic statement that the Lord Jesus reigns in the storms? Well, there's a song that comes to mind. And the song goes like this. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I was planning to sing it to you, but in mind it sounded great. But maybe you can remember those words in those songs. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. In the face of our Lord Jesus Christ, all-powerful, all-ruling, all-reigning, all-good, on the throne, we are in the midst of the storms. What do we do? We trust him, and that looks like by obeying him, listening to what he says. And that is, O Lord, forevermore, always. 1 John 5 um, talks about this idea, and it says this, this is the love of God, or put another way, this is how you show your trust, your love, your obedience to the Lord, that you keep his commandments. That's what 1 John says. Now granted, the forces of evil, chaos is huffing and puffing, and wants to blow this world down, and the devil wants to destroy, and we are tempted, and we sin, we fall, But the Lord is stronger. Remember that. The Lord Jesus reigns. His word is true. So it seems to me that this side of heaven, we can't avoid the storms that are with us. And this side of heaven, we can't avoid the king on his throne, Jesus on his throne. So what do we do? We listen to him. We look up. We see him there, all-powerful all ruling, all reigning, defeating all enemies. And we obey. The Lord Jesus Christ reigns and he alone is robed in majesty. That's Psalm 93. Amen. Let me pray for us. Thank you, Father, um, for your word, and thank you that it speaks so clearly into our real world where we experience pain and loss and storms and all sorts, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you alone 
reign and rule over this world. In your mighty power, you made this world, you rule this world, and you also rescued us in this world at the cross. Especially in the storms, Lord, and also when it's calm, when we don't have those storms, Lord. Help us to trust you and help us to obey you, because that's the only place where we are safe. Amen.